She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 295. Discover how to create a business from something you love with Ashley Drummond. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Boleyn, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Hello, friends. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I do want to mention that if you weren't able to make the training about how to become a full-time freelancer without the overwhelm, I do still want to invite you to join my BYOB Accelerator, which is Become Your Own Boss Accelerator. It is all beta version, which means this is the first time I am launching it. And because of that, I want to offer you a an amazing opportunity where we get to work side by side. You get to access all the content from marketing, building your online presence, defining your services to legal and accounting and how to master your mindset and your time. It's a five week course, five module course with corresponding lessons and workbooks to go with it. Doors close this Sunday, September 16th at 9 p.m. Central, and week one modules with all the lessons will be dropped on Monday, September 17th. We have Q&A calls every single week where you can show up, ask questions, and we're going to do this together. So if you are thinking of starting a business or maybe you're side hustling and you want to learn how to create lead gens, you want to learn how to create an email sequence and integrate it, um, you want to master your mindset and your time as you build your business, then this is definitely for you. You can head on over to byobaccelerator.com to sign up and then we are going to get started the week of September. September 17th. Now on to today's podcast episode with Ashley Drummonds, who is the founder of Abs Protein Pancake and Waffle Mix and has turned it into a Shark Tank product that has been featured in multiple national media outlets. And she is also the owner of multiple health and fitness websites. Ashley's focus is to empower women to create a life, body, and business they absolutely love through various coaching methods that involve inner and outer strength training. Using her own personal experience and education, she has helped hundreds of individuals not just regain control of their health and fitness, but also empowering individuals to create a life and business and body of their dreams. In this episode, we hear about Ashley shares her journey before entrepreneurship find out how she came about her product with the abs protein pancake and waffle mix. She talks about the challenges she faced when she started out and recognizing the light bulb moment that you may have in your life and how that is not just a coincidence that you're thinking that, but that actually might mean that you need to take action on that idea. Learn how to stay fit and get abs while eating pancakes. Understand the goal of your business and where you want to be and so much more. One of my favorite quotes from this conversation interview that I had with Ashley is that she says, I like to think of endings more as a road that has come to a dead end and you just have to turn around and get back to the previous road and make a different turn. We can always make different turns in business and that is part of building a business. So without further ado, let's welcome Ashley. All right, you guys, I'm hanging out with Ashley Drummond, who is the founder of Abs protein pancakes, among other things that she does with her business and her career, and what she has going on. But I'm going to let her share with you and me and us uh, what it is that she does. And then we're going to talk about, you know, 
creating a product, how she created her service, and just how she grew her business to what it is today. So Ashley, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be a part of this just because like I was saying before we started this, I just love like women and business and entrepreneurship and mindset and all that fun stuff. So I'm excited to share the journey and hopefully it'll help your listeners kind of just in their own journey of entrepreneurship and the struggle that sometimes comes with that. Um, so abs protein pancakes. Yeah. I started that in 2014. And at the time when I started, I had been in the fitness industry working as I had a business as a personal trainer for about four or five years. And I loved it. My whole passion is fitness and helping other people just create a body. They love a life. They love like just really stepping up to their true potential except for like a lot of people in most industries is you kind of get burned out. Like you start to realize that you cannot grow or scale without adding more to your time. And I didn't want to do that. And so I had this, this is the very condensed version, by the way. <laughs> I had, <laughs> we'll dive into it. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was, so I had this thing with my clients where they were getting their typical meal plans and they were doing really well with it. But like a lot of people is they got really bored. They were getting bored with eating the same, just bland foods all the time. And I myself was also getting bored eating egg whites and chicken and broccoli and salads <laughs> and all of that. And I love breakfast food. I love coffee and pancakes and waffles and toast and all the deliciousness. And I also knew though, I mean, I didn't want to like have it as just a cheat meal. I wanted to be able to include it regularly in my nutrition. And so I just kind of was playing around with a bunch of different ingredients and had a recipe that I used for years just for my own nutrition and never thought anything of it. And then in this kind of transition time in my life in 2014, when I really just wanted to do something in addition to it, but on a larger scale, I wanted to help more people, but I also wanted to just grow my business. And I always thought it would be really cool to have like an actual physical product. Um, I spent like, <laughs> I spent like two weeks meditating and soul searching on like, what is this big idea? What am I going to do? What is this like? Thing that's just going to revolutionize everybody's lives. And not that that's necessarily what it was, but I woke up one day when I was making my pancakes for breakfast for myself and kind of just had that light bulb moment that I think a lot of entrepreneurs talk about. And it wasn't anything like immediately that happened. It was more just the thought of, I wonder if I took this and I turned it into an actual product, if anybody else would eat it. And also if I could do anything with it. And I mean, that was kind of the start of it. And honestly, it, like I'm blown away now by how quickly things happen in just a matter of four years and super grateful. But that is how abs protein pancakes came about. Um, and just really quick, a little bit on the name, since you were asking if it was ABS or abs. Well, because I remember researching it. And then I was like, when I went to go say your intro, I'm like, wait, AB, oh, I got to record. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's okay. It actually, so it's an acronym for authentic beauty and strength. And the reason why is because being in the fitness industry oh, and thank you. Um, I had done so many different, like diets and photo shoots and prepping and anybody who's ever done that, they know it like the struggle is real. You are dieting and you are doing cardio and workouts and just miserable because you're just, you have a calendar and you're counting on the day until you don't have to do it anymore. Like, all right, photo shoot days, two weeks out, like let's just grind it out and do this. And so I had this, like part of the reason in 2014 was I was having this struggle because I would do that and then I'd get my proofs back. I'd get these photos back and I felt amazing like about how I looked. 
and everybody's like, Oh my God, you look great. Like you look super lean and all these things except for I'm like, yeah, but I'm like miserable. Like I'm so hungry and I hate what I have to eat and I'm missing out on a social life and all those things. So after that, I just kind of like had this like moment where I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore just to look a certain way. And so I was on a little bit of a mission for myself to just find a way to have a body I love without having to sacrifice a social life, without having to sacrifice fulfillment and food. And so it started, I then did a photo shoot like two weeks later where I was eating this pancake recipe. And yeah, so like the whole slogan, I got my abs while eating pancakes. I mean, it worked out well that your abs are nutrition and you do have to have good nutrition in order to really like focus on your fitness goals. But it was about so much more, just about finding my own inner beauty, my own inner strength and what I felt was authentic as opposed to just another diet fad or crazy regimen. Yeah. And I know I want to dive into the whole product creation and what that experience was like. And you were also on um, shark tank. So I want to talk about that, but I do want to go back about your transition out of corporate America into entrepreneurship. And I know that Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you had so many odd jobs from (laughs) Chick-fil-A, Home Depot, Sweet Tomatoes, a community bank, a wine distributor, a church, a gymnastics facility, a construction (laughs) company, an athletic club, and you would learn the system and then crave something new. And that's how you, you found, you started doing personal training, but what I love about your story is in personal training, you started to do, you did one-on-ones and then you did group coaching. So you started to scale in that capacity and I would love, so now you have abs, um, abs pancakes and the formula that you, the protein pancakes, what Mm -hmm. was your mindset as you were moving through all of those jobs and thinking like, okay, I don't love anything. Why am I not passionate? I mean, maybe you weren't thinking those thoughts or what was, what was, Let's get into your mind during that phase. Oh no, I was totally like, I had a serious struggle with it because I always wondered like, what is wrong with me? Why does everybody else like find this job and then they stick with it for however many years and like they know their life path or it was even college was hard for me. Like picking a degree, picking a major. I was like, I don't, I don't know because I kind of want to do business, but I also want to do physical therapy and then I want to do all these other things. So I always like had this inner struggle of just, am I just a really bad employee and I suck at working when you're in those settings and you don't have people that you're surrounded with that are also focused on like going after their passions and their dreams and multiple revenue streams and making a difference and a positive impact in the world. You can feel really alone and like something's wrong with you because you're like, why does it seem like everybody else is fine and perfectly happy and fulfilled with this five to 10 year plan? And I'm trying to do that except for I'm so bored and like, I got to do, it's almost like, some people, this is kind of a extreme analogy, but like some people who feel stuck and claustrophobic, like in elevators and planes and small spaces, I feel that way in regards to a job or a situation that I'm not growing. If I'm not growing, I like get anxiety and stressed out because I'm like, I can't do this. Like not for the rest of my life. This is crazy. But so yeah, so my mind, I was constantly going back and forth with a struggle of like, okay, well, society says in order to be successful, this is what you do. You work the next job for 40 years and save for retirement and put away money in your 401k. But this feels like less of a life than I was meant to live. So that was where my mind was at in it. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry. For a second, I was like, oh gosh, did it cut out again? (laughs) Sorry, Kim. Kim's going to have a lot of editing on this one. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. So 
with going back and I love that you shared that because I even, there's so many people, so many of my listeners tuning in, I know are nodding their head. They're like, yes, yes. Like this is how I feel, or this is how I have felt in the past. And I used to feel, I mean, even I felt like that. I was like, is something wrong with me? Why can't I find a job that I'm like, I want to be here for five years and move up in the corporate. And it's just, it's one of those, those shifts to make, to make as well. I would love for you. So with your protein pancake product, Mm -hmm. you had to take out a business loan. Walk us through from that moment that you were in the kitchen and thinking about, okay, I meditated two weeks, like waiting for this idea to kind of come and I'm still hunting for it. And then it comes to you. What were your first steps that you took for a physical product? Yeah. Okay. So to try and explain this without visually being able to demonstrate it. So basically like if you think of how a recipe is, if you think of like what your recipe is for like your favorite cake or your favorite cookies is you break it out to each ingredient separately. You kind of just create like a graph or a list. So like people put in a lot of their stuff into my fitness pal so that they have the ingredients, the how much it is, the grams, the weights, and then it has the nutrition information. So I started out doing that just because I wanted to make sure that it was consistent, that if you did this recipe with this amount of each ingredient, you were going to get this nutrition each time. And I started with going to, I don't know if this is like a national brand or not, but here in Florida, there's a store called Bulk Nation where you can buy mixes and products and like raw materials like flour and sugar and stevia and whatnot. You can buy it in bulk. And so I was doing that and I was putting it in little Ziploc bags and I was giving it to my clients just asking them like, Hey, I have a question. Like, will you just try this and let me know one, if you like it two, if it helps you with your nutrition and three, would you ever buy something like this? And I gave it to a few of my clients and they really, really liked it. So that kind of gave me the validation of like, all right, let's see where this goes. And then one of them had asked me like, yeah, I want to buy it. How many, how many servings come in one package? And I'm like, um, 10, <laughs> 10, 10 sounds good. Like, isn't that pretty standard? And she's like, okay, cool. And how much is it? Um, like, um, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. And, but of course I said it more confidently, like very just assertive in what I was asking. Well, of course, I think every entrepreneur feels like when you have that moment and you walk away and you're like, what am I talking about? I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, Mm -hmm. so no joke. I think I even have this on my Insta. I'll post it every now and then for like throwback Thursday or flashback Friday. Like the very first packaging I ever did was terrible. I don't know why people ever paid me for this, but I am so grateful that they did. (laughs) I found this like local container store. It's called all American containers. If anybody needs a container store and they do all types of packaging materials from like glass bottles to condiment dispensers to like jars and plastic tubs and whatnot. And I drove down there and I walked in and I was like, Hey, can I get 10 tubs that look like protein powder tubs? And they had no idea what I was talking about. So they gave me like instead these little like one gallon plain empty paint looking tubs almost like when you buy like small plastic tubs of paint that's what it looked like oh my Um, gosh yeah and so I would I took all of those in like a big grocery size bag from like Target and I went back home and I went to this bulk nation place and bought all the raw ingredients and then I went went and bought it like a little food scale and I'm not even kidding you I measured out every single ingredient so like if it was like one tablespoon of flour, hypothetically, I would then multiply that by 10. And I'm like, okay, 10 tablespoons of flour for one 
tub of this stuff. And I would measure out like 10 tablespoons, one scoop of this, one scoop of this. And I would just put it in this tub, shake it all up. And then I took a Sharpie and would write people's name on it with the flavor. And that was the very first product I ever had. It was terrible. How long did you, but first, I mean, that's so amazing. I mean, that's such a great way to validate your product before going so large. And I think sometimes if we think this big grandiose plan, we can overwhelm ourselves and then talk ourselves out of even taking Mm -hmm. action when it's just even, and Shauna Van Bogart, who used, who, who has been on the podcast, she always says, take micro actions. And that is such a great example of taking just the small, like the next step. Okay. What do I need to do? Thinking of the next step and then validating and saying, okay, there's something, there's something here for the business. I love it. So how long did you do that for? I only did it for, if I can remember correctly, that process, I only did that for a few weeks. And then I like a friend who bought the product had like posted on Facebook and then strangers who tried the pancake mix from their friend were messaging me on Facebook. Like, Hey, I tried your protein pancake mix and I want to know where I can get this. And so like, I had like stranger, yeah, strangers messaging me. And like at that moment I was like, okay, I can't just like put a plastic tub with Sharpie written on it. Like I have to actually make this a little more legit. Um, and I think we're talking about like three orders a week, maybe if even that. And so I like started researching. I was like, how do you like, what do you even put this in? Should it be a tub? Should it be a plastic bag? And I actually reached out to a lot of people just straight through social media and Instagram. And I was very transparent. And I think one point I do want to make is I think a lot of people, when you're talking about micro action is people are very scared to not have it all perfectly figured out, except for there's a lot of beauty and imperfection and being willing to be vulnerable and reach out to people who have already done what you're trying to do and just totally laying it out there of, Hey, I see your brand. I know your brand. I respect it. I love what you're doing. I am trying to do something similar in a different niche. And I was wondering if you have five minutes, can I ask you some questions? Like, here's my struggles. And a lot of people are willing to give you information, especially when like you're in the same space with a similar mission. And so I always encourage people like stop trying to have it perfectly mapped out because even if you have a perfect map out of what you're going to do, it never goes that way. It's always totally different. Um, well, and just to even, um, say something, just comment about that too, even what you just described in the way that you reached out to those people, you were super specific with the intention. You mm-hmm. were very cognizant of the time frame in which you wanted their time. So I think a lot of time, I mean, even I, if someone reached out, Hey, can we have a phone call? My mind immediately goes to, Oh my gosh, 45 minutes. But if someone right. emails me and says, Hey, 10 minutes, 10 minutes is only I need. Here are three questions, da, 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 da. It's, it's less of the resistance because then you, you have the expectation set of how much time the engagement or conversation might be. Right, exactly. And I think it's important to be very clear on what it is you need the most help with because I do have a kind of a contradicting rule on that is I don't think it's okay for you to like just totally harass somebody 55 times. Like, so if somebody gives you that information, they're like, yeah, go to all American containers and contact this manufacturer and then contact this person. And they give that to you. Don't then keep sending them emails over and over asking them all kinds of questions. Because I think there's like, it's that fine line between like, okay, now you just want somebody to like build your business for you. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things where I don't, I don't know. It's kind of, I've talked to friends about this. It's kind of like, you want to help and you want to be nice, but then there's some people who take advantage of the help and you got to be a little bit careful. So yeah. So like, just be very clear on what do you need the most help with and what can you really figure out on your own and then reach out with like, here's where my real struggle is. I'm not going to email you every single day asking you 25 questions. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so I just kind of got to that point and I fortunately had somebody that was local in Tampa that recommended a place to me and I went to like, just to get a label, I printed up some label on kinkos.com that was like a sticky label. And I, I have pictures of this too, as a reminder, like when you think you're not progressing, I'm like, at least it doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I, so at that point I was just like, okay, I'll take 20 labels of vanilla and 20 labels of chocolate chip. And it cost me who knows 30 bucks for that. But at least it was like, I had like a sticker label to like put on something and it was more professional that though. That lasted maybe, I'm trying to remember the timeline of this because I started doing this in February of 2014 and I did all of that for a while until about, I would say April or May of 2014. And then a friend had gotten me on ABC local for like a 4th of July segment. And so they wanted me to bring my product and packaging on air and talk about it. Well, you can't go on air with terrible packaging, <laughs> except you kind of can and nobody cares and nobody notices because I didn't like, I tried so hard. They only gave me a 24 hour notice and I'm like running around like crazy trying to now like hindsight. I'm like, no manufacturer is going to print you 10 bags of anything. But I was like, can you please just print me one bag of this? Like I'm going on TV and I really need this to look well. And so instead I had to use a food saver bag, like a heat like what you buy at Target, like to save your food and like a heat sealer to just oh seal it off. Gosh. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Um, and I printed off a nicer version of my Kinko's label and that was it. That was all I had. And I didn't really have any other choice. And so it was kind of like, all right, I'm either going to do this and just totally own this packaging and like it's 100% professional or I'm going to opt out and not do it, which of course I'm not going to not do it. And the funny thing about that is, is I did, this really launched the brand. So this is the long answer to your question of how long did I do that? Because this was about five, five months or so in, mm -hmm. and that segment launched the brand so much to the point that there were so many orders coming in that I couldn't fill those on my own. So I ended up having to find a manufacturer, but on air, one of the anchors was talking about the product and how good it tasted. And she loved the idea. And she's like, you know what? I actually really like your, your packaging. Like this looks really good. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You, and then, like, you don't say anything, but afterwards I was like, you know, this is like a food saver bag. Right. And she's like, Oh no, I didn't even notice. Honestly. Like I just kind of liked the way it looked. And so just lesson learned, like nobody cares about things like that as much as you do. Um, but yeah, so, so true too. And we're so close to our business and brand and product that we're like, we have to, it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. but people don't, yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it there. I mean, they don't care. They don't care. And, and if we're so caught up on being a perfectionist about our website or what this says or what that says and what it looks like, then we never, it's harder. It's way more difficult to move forward and right. keep going and take yeah. steps. And if it needs to be perfect, I love it. So you found your distributor and then that was back in mid 2014. And how did you get on shark tank and what was that like? Oh my gosh. So anybody that ever wants to apply to Shark Tank, I would suggest that you practice your patient skills because it is a very long, long process. Um, so I had started, that was July and September-ish. I'm a firm believer in synchronicities. And I think in one day I had like three or four people tell me like, oh, your product sounds awesome. You should go on Shark Tank. Hey, you should go on Shark Tank. So I'm like, all right. You're like, I'm I should go on Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. But it was more of like, you don't, 
like you're not really thinking anything's going to come of it. And like I applied and some of the questions they're asking on the application, I was so new that I couldn't even answer. Like, what is your annual sales volume? Well, I don't know because I haven't even had a year yet. Well, what is your customer acquisition cost? I don't know. I don't even know what my profit margins are. I'm just making a product and set like stuff like that. And so when I was filling things out, I'm like, no way are they picking me. Like I'm probably like the worst applicant out there and they're going to like look at everything. Like, this girl's got like five followers. She doesn't know what she's doing. Um, but so I just like applied and I let it go and I just kept doing what I was doing, like doing anything I can to get more sales and get the word out there. And I was doing local events and doing local TV segments and building social media and talking to influencers. Like I still was grinding and out and doing everything I knew in that moment, what to do. And I guess it was about, that was September. I applied March, the following March. So a while later I was at a fitness business summit and I was a vendor with the pancakes and working on getting affiliates. And I got this random call from LA and I answered and the girl's like, Hey, this is so-and-so with Shark Tank. I'm super sorry for the delay, but I just got your application and I love your product and your business. And I really want to put you through to auditions. And I was like, I was freaking <laughs> out. Yeah. I was like, what? Six months later, you did you even read my application? No. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the process of it. And there's a series, like a lot of the different TV shows, there's a lot of rounds you have to go through, a lot of paperwork, a lot of people you got to talk to. They want, oh my gosh, they want to know everything from like your childhood. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot. And they always leave it. It's like a cliffhanger. They always leave every call with, okay, awesome. So we can't give you any definite answers, but if we do like you and want to keep moving you to the next round, well, somebody will call you next week. Like not a definite yes and not a definite no. So you were for months, you're just like, well, I hope they call next week. I hope they call the following week. I hope they keep calling. And then, yeah, this is like all the way through. They're like, you're going to the next round. You're going to the next round. And I think it was from to March. And then filming wasn't till June, but every week up to that, it was calls and we need financial reports and we need your background history. Like so much paperwork. It's crazy. And I, I kind of wonder sometimes if they do it to like weed out people of like, if you can't handle this, you're not going to be able to handle this entire process. Totally. Um, It's a lot. And let's just say like I had multiple emotional breakdown moments where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I have no idea what they're even asking me, but like looking back, I learned a lot just because like, it's the whole, like sometimes we talk ourselves out of things because we think we're not prepared or we're not enough or we're not successful enough or good enough or whatever it is. And it's like, if you would just keep going, you'll figure it out and it's going to work itself out and like stop doubting yourself or keep doubting yourself, but just keep going. Like that's the biggest lesson I learned from that because then in June of 2015, I got a call back and they're like, Hey, we really like your product. We want you to come out to the Sony lots and we want to film and have you pitch in front of the sharks. And oh my gosh, yeah. Which sharks did you pitch in front of? I had Mark Cuban, Kevin O'Leary, uh, Robert, Lori, and Damon. Was, um, I mean, this might be a rhetorical question, but was obviously going on there, what, was it profitable for you? Did they invest? Like who, what happened? What was yeah. the outcome of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pitched, it's actually a really good episode. Like if you haven't seen it, it's, 
It's pretty good. It's season seven, episode 12. It was the first episode of 2016 for the new year, which is great for the fitness business and everybody's weight loss resolutions. But so I ended up investing with Damon John, but in the episode, when you watch it, everybody went out except for Robert and Robert made me an offer for 50, 50, I believe it was 120,000 for 50% stake. And I wouldn't take it. I countered him because I didn't want to do 50, 50. So we got to like 49 and I was so ready to take it just because he was my only offer on the table. And then last minute, Damon John came in and offered me 42% and took the deal. And yeah, he's been, he's been my partner for the last three years, two years, three years. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. It's probably one of the most exciting and stressful and anxiety producing things I've ever done because I will say this, what you see on TV is a hundred percent real. You are not allowed to talk to the sharks or meet the sharks. You don't even see them. They know nothing about you. You don't know anything about like what they've done or haven't done until those doors open and the cameras start rolling. Oh my so, gosh. I just got like a drop, like a pit in my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 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 That's why sometimes you watch those and they don't cut. So like, there's no like, okay, let's do a retake. No, if you screw your pitch up and you start like freaking out, they air some of those. And like, you see them and the sharks are like, all right, take a deep breath, calm down. It's okay. So like, yeah, it's super stressful because all you're doing is you're like, just let me get through the pitch. If I don't mess up, the, I can answer whatever you want. Let me just get through this pitch. I don't want to fumble. So yeah, it's super, super stressful. Talk about mindset. Like you go back and forth between, I can't do this. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I here? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so scared to No, I've got this. It's okay. I've rehearsed this. I can do this. Wait, no, no, I can't. We're freaking out. Like, yeah, that's where all your mindset can be. Roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is insane. I mean, obviously I would assume then after that you've consistently seen an uptick from the like benefiting from the relationship and working um would now having been having had a partner and someone who's part owner of the company has anything changed for you or what what was like the biggest change for you after that oh gosh there's a lot of things that have changed um and i've actually talked to a few people who've been on shark tank about this i think the hardest thing in that and i may have put this on the answer to one of your questions or not i don't remember but I think the hardest thing in that is when you do something like that, you get that kind of exposure when your business is so young. It is very easy to stop listening to yourself and your own intuition and gut and listening to what everybody else tells you to do with your business. And not that there's not a lot of successful people who are giving you advice, but it's, it's just so hard because, for example, like big box stores like Costco's and Sam's and Walmart and all these big brands, when you're brand new in your product space and somebody presents them to you, you're over the moon about it. You're just like, Oh my God, that'd be amazing to get in all these stores and just like blow up and have national exposure again and all that. But then like now being where the business is now and looking back, I never, I had turned down a lot of that stuff after the airing, but looking back, it's because when you learn the difference of the business model and profit margins and stress levels and inventory and net terms for a lot of these different stores and retail shelf life. Like it's really hard to stay focused and not get caught up too much in the hype. So the biggest thing that has kind of changed is I've seen a lot of the businesses fail from that. And I've seen a lot of them really just have like, I don't believe in overnight success, but 
there's a lot that do end up having that, that it's just the right timing of when their episodes air that there's a lot of structures in my business that I have just like become very clear on like, Nope, absolutely not doing that. And this is like my path. This is where I'm going. Even though sometimes it's really hard where before I would say with shark tank, like I was open to the whole world. Um, yeah, let's do the chains. Let's do distributors and big box stores and get in every single market there is. And that's just, my focus has definitely shifted since then where now, I mean, I love the pancakes and they continue to grow and I'm very proud of them. But like now I definitely have way more of a passion of things like this, of now using the knowledge and the tools to share the experience of building out a product business and really just doing it in a way that is going to be not only successful, but fulfilling and not to get caught up in this hype and stress of just however many sales you're making as well. Mm, that's such good advice. And I want to get to um, talking about product specific in terms of business, but just in general, what are three actual items you recommend a new business owners doing when they are starting out? Mm, any business? Any business, any new entrepreneur. I would say to get really clear one, like take the time to sit down and literally write out and get really clear on what the vision is for your business. And like, I mean, so much so there's so many people that teach this stuff, but like so much so on like, how are you spending your day? Are you in an office or are you at home? Is there a team? Are there employees or is it just you? Do you have products all online or do you have a warehouse? Like there's so many things that go into a business that I would really just like do the mental practice of write it out. What is your vision? What does that look like? And then stick to that because everybody is going to convince you that their ideas are so much better. And it's really important that you stay focused on that because that's going to be what's going to be going to be your most fulfilling path. So like when I coach people, the first few weeks, it's always, look, I, I know you reach out because you like the pancakes and the business model and all that. And I am happy to help you strategize and build yours out. But I want to first get really clear on what this looks like to you to make sure that I can support you in that, not to just have you create a copycat copycat look of what my business model is. So that would be my number one. Um, number two is if you don't have people around you that are more successful and better than you, then I would find somehow at least one. And like your podcast and your community is a great place for that because there's so many times in business and entrepreneurship that you're going to come across plenty of unknown territory and not that somebody has to have gone down that before, but it's going to be really important to have somebody to just remind you that it's normal. So that way you're not the employee who keeps going from job to job and feeling like, what is wrong with me? Like, why is nobody else dealing with this? Where when you're in business and entrepreneurship and everything is new, it's super important to have those people to lean on that can just kind of hold your hand through the process and be your cheerleaders and remind you like, Hey, yeah, I went through this too. It's okay. It's perfectly normal. You're going to figure it out. So yeah. So number two would be have a solid support system. Um, and don't make excuses that, Oh, somebody, I don't know anybody in my space that's doing that. There are plenty of people you can reach out on any platform and people are happy to help. And then number three, this is going to be super cliche because of the industry that I'm in. And I don't mean it to be cliche, but you'll understand it because of the stuff you teach with mindset is if you are not exercising or working out right now, that need to be, needs to become a part of your daily regimen mm -hmm. because not only is it great for stress relief, but when you have to be disciplined in that area of your life and when you're tired and exhausted and you still got to get up and push through a workout or push through your exercise, you learn to use that focus and discipline in business as well. So those are always my top three, create your vision, get a solid support system. And if you're not working out, get into some sort of regimen. Yeah. I was talking to another, um, 
someone that I was coaching through a program and we were just talking about the benefits of working out and how it's such a good mm-hmm. correlation. Like when you are exhausted and you're in the last final minute of, I don't know, whatever said exercise doing burpees, it's oh, yeah. like, are you going to lay on the floor or are you going to push yourself to do just one more or two more? Like, how do you mentally sharpen yourself to get in the habit of pushing yourself to the finish and, and completing that? I love, love, love that. What are some, like, where have you grown the most in, in your business? Um, in the business, I feel like more, I've just gotten a stronger confidence in being an entrepreneur. I think like the business is going to succeed as long as you have the confidence and belief in yourself. And I honestly, the first like two years, it was so much figuring it out that I had, I was like 80% doubtful and 20% confident. But like now I just feel way, I trust myself more. I trust my decisions more. I know that I will figure things out. I just feel like I've grown into an entrepreneur where when you first get into your business, you're kind of like, you're stuck in between you bounce back and forth between like an employee mindset and an entrepreneur mindset. And then like some days you feel like you're going to win everything, you know what you're doing. And then other times you fall back into old habits where now, I mean, it's been a few years. So like I'm way more consistent. I'm way more confident. I definitely feel like that's probably the biggest growth. And then aside from that, like, yeah, with that confidence, like I'm able to grow the business with different products, different projects and philanthropy philanthropy. Yeah. I was like, am I saying that right? Yeah. And through <laughs> philanthropy, yes. yeah, no. yeah, you say something and you're like, that was not right at all. Okay. Just making sure. But yeah, yeah. that would be my biggest growth area. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to share since I mean, you're in the product-based business, right? What are, um, maybe three to five key things that if someone's thinking about wanting to start a product that they need to do? Oh gosh, there's, that's a lot. I- that's a lot. Um, I would say we're just going to assume that you already have your product. Not that like you're trying to come up with an idea of your product. Um, so you already have a product you're wanting to bring it to market. Manufacturers and fulfillment can make or break your business. So like just recently I was dealing with an issue with one of my manufacturers. So I always feel like it's super important. Even if you don't necessarily plan on working with any of them, always have a backup manufacturer in any product-based business because crazy stuff happens. And I hear the stories all the time. And I've gone through it personally where your manufacturer just wakes up one day and decides to file for bankruptcy and you have no product or the truck that was carrying your product just somehow like, I don't know, like if your product got spoiled or something comes up that you need to have some sort of backup because everything in the product space has like a, anywhere from three to five week turnaround, sometimes even longer in regards to how long it takes to produce that. So if something falls through, you need to have something to cover yourself that you can just recover from it quickly. Um, I would also say to get in the habit from early on to start delegating. And this is something a lot of people struggle with in the beginning because they always ask, well, how am I supposed to delegate and outsource things when I don't have any money or I'm not making any sales? And I feel like the best way to do this is ask your friends, ask your family, whoever you can, because you're never going to be able to grow your business. Like for example, if I'm still in there measuring out 10 tablespoons of flour and writing on tons of container with Sharpie pen, who's the person that's out there selling and marketing and coming up with ways to scale it. So get in the habit early on of just making sure like, okay, what is really something that I can pass on to somebody else that is just systemized, meaning like it's a repeat process. It's the same exact thing every time. And then what can I focus on so that I can actually make progress and grow? Um, 
online space, if you have a product, my favorite platform is Shopify. They saved me from all the other websites I ever tried crashed. They couldn't handle the traffic. They couldn't handle the visitors. Shopify is amazing. And shout out to them because I don't get anything from this and I don't think you do either. But no. Um, <laughs> They have such a good customer service team. They have such a great support staff. They are always adding new things you can integrate to help grow your business from like subscriptions and memberships to like autofills and all, all different kinds of things. So like I would recommend everybody starts out like with Etsy and WooCommerce and there's nothing wrong with those. But if you have ambitions of really creating a big business, Shopify is going to be your best platform to use. Um, and then the other thing, I mean, really in the product-based business is don't get too caught up that you forget about the basic systems and processes. And I've learned this lesson time and time again, but basically all that means is like you can have an amazing product, but if fulfillment is not functioning properly, if your labels aren't working right and like you have the wrong nutrition, if your payment processing isn't working right, then your product's never going to succeed. So don't get to the point where you feel like it's beyond you that you don't need to focus on it. Really just get really good at mastering your processes and then your product will speak for itself. I think that's four. So I'm going to stop that's, at those four. It's <laughs> all good. I think those are really, really great. Even if, you know, learning how to scale templates or processes anyway is just really good from a basic business standpoint and having that lens. I love it. Well, so as we're wrapping up, let's move into rapid fire round, super quick questions, whatever comes to mind. Uh, first question I have for you is what is something in your life that is a non-negotiable? Sleep. Mm. How many 100%. hours a night do you get? Um, I try for eight. Typically it's about six and a half to seven. Mm. Nice. What is the one thing that, where you get your inspiration from? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I get inspired by other people's stories. Mm. Is there a story that you was one of your favorites? I love Sarah Blakely and I've heard her story so many times, oh, but so good. yeah, she's just so good. I feel like we're kindred spirits, but I just, I like her attitude. I like what she's had to go through and overcome and her philosophy. So yeah, I, her story inspires me. Marie Forleo inspires me. And then, Yeah. No, we'll just stick with those. Yeah. It, that, it, Sarah Blakely's is, is super amazing. If you don't know it, I check it out. Or uh, there, she tells it on um, How I Built This with Guy Raz. So, yeah. Yeah. She's on a lot. So good. What is something you believe that others think is insane? Unrealistic optimism for <laughs> sure. No, for sure. Like this comes up all the time, but it is so, and I used to like, I'm not embarrassed, but I was like, am I an unrealistic optimist? Like I always try and see the good and the positive in things, except for now I realize that is fundamental if you're ever going to make it, because if you are not unrealistically optimist, opti man, I cannot talk today. <laughs> unrealistically optimistic. There we go. There we go. You're never going to make it because you're going to have so many days where nothing is going right. And you are going to have to dig super deep to try and find something positive in that. Otherwise you're just going to fall apart and you're not going to have the tenacity to keep going. So yeah, unrealistic optimism. Even if I do live in a world that nothing is impossible, that's okay. I'm fine with it. Dead, dead toe. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. What is, do you have a favorite quote that you live by? Oh yeah, but it's not, I mean, I sign things off with this all the time. It's not really a quote. It, I guess it is. It's from Anita Morjani. Do you know who that is? Mm -mm. She wrote a book called Dying to Be Me, which is great. She had a near-death experience that is all about, she had like 
terrible cancer and she died and mm -hmm. then came back. And now she shares a story about living a life that's fearless because fear recreates itself in different ways in our lives and our bodies. But so she, all, her whole thing is like, trust yourself, be yourself and live fearlessly. That's mm -hmm. it. Love it. And then what is the best $100 or less purchase someone can make in their business? That's crazy. I just got asked this last week. Oh man. Um, in their business, there's so many things. If it's a product-based business, I would say get Shopify because I think it's 30 bucks to start out. Mm. Um, other than that, buy like 20 really awesome inspirational books. You don't even need business strategy books. Just buy other people's stories that really inspire you. Mm -hmm. What's, what's your, like one of your all-time favorite books? I have two. Um, I love the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. So good. Especially for product based businesses, because he's got a lot of resources in there for outsourcing and manufacturing and fulfillment. And then there is a book called leveraging the universe or maybe actually I think it got changed infinite possibilities by Mike Dooley. Okay. I've never yeah. heard of that. I might have to check it out. Oh, you'll like it. Especially if you're like super into mindset stuff, he's all about like, getting your mind in a place of acting as if, um, law of attraction, like just really going out and like creating your visions and manifesting your reality. Love it. That's yeah. amazing. Well, Ashley, this has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Where can my listeners find out more information about you and the abs pancake protein pancakes? Yeah, you guys can go to ashleydrummonds.com or abspancakes.com. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, it was so fun. I have to, you know, talk about pancakes, like healthy pancakes are making <laughs> me hungry. I think to go and it's almost lunchtime. So oh, perfect. I help myself to homemade pancakes and then hop on your website and buy some. So yay. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out shedidherway.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.